Ryan Fleming can help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Well, hey, welcome to another edition of the podcast. Walter Strolled here alongside Ryan Fleming. This is the Pilot's Advisor. So glad that you're along with us today as we've got lots of good things to talk about. Secure Act 2.0, what is it all about? What are the big changes that you need to be aware of? Ryan's going to break it down for us today in a few moments. But first, Ryan and his very sore voice is with us today. AFC Championship game wasn't kind to you in the end, my friend. Yeah, I might be a little nasally today, a little clogged up. Uh, so yeah, we decided to make the trek over to to Burrowhead, and which ended up being <laughs> Arrowhead after all. Yeah, but uh, no, my wife and I both said let's just do it. We drove over there, took the kids. She still won't tell me how much we paid for tickets, which is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did it, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I thought we were going to overtime, and next thing I know, the game was over, and. Uh, we started our drive back and hit nothing but ice, and so we had to go like 30 miles an hour. Oh, no. Didn't get back to the house here till like 4 in the morning on Sunday, so I'm four still recovering. My goodness. Yeah, that's a brutal trip yeah. right there, my friend. No wonder your voice is a yeah, little I, uh, I don't, under the weather. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel sick. It's just a little like clogged up, you know, and of course the, the weather here is in the yeah. teens, and it's just miserable. How, how you usually so feel when you stay at. up till 4 in the morning. That's that's kind of goes with that territory. <laughs> at this right? age, yes, it hurts. It hurts for days. <laughs> oh, man, that is, uh, that is brutal. Well, uh, thanks for at least kind of like trying to push through a little bit here and uh, putting the voice on the line for us so we can still do an episode because, hey, we got a couple of things to catch up on. Um, so we're, we're about, you know, a month or so through the first part of the year as we record today's episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about Secure Act 2.0, which kind of passed right away at the beginning of January. And so we're going to get caught up a little bit on what people need to be aware of now that we've had the chance to kind of parse through what's uh, what those big changes are in that act. Anything else jumping out to you, though, at the beginning of the year here now that we're kind of one month through that uh, you think uh, listeners and, and maybe pilots in general should be aware of? Well, I think so. I mean, it's been uh, been a little bit bumpy this year and there's a lot of uh, on, on TV, there's a lot of doom and gloom. And the funny part about it is, and, and today there's a big earnings call tomorrow, I think is where they have the, maybe the last rate hike that's already priced in. But we very quietly, the market's up 7% this year in the first month. So here we are today, it's January 31st, and the market pretty much year to date has gone up about 7% very quietly while uh, there's been all this doom and gloom in the news. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, it is kind of interesting to see the uh, little changes that happen here and there and just goes to show you that nobody ever knows what the, what they're predicting, right? Like I, I read these predictions now. You've taught me well enough, Ryan. Like I read these predictions and I just laugh now and I ignore them. <laughs> so well, it's, it's all to sell magazines or ratings and it, you just got to stay the course. I mean, obviously 2022 was a rough year, but you know, there's only been four times in the whole history of the market where the S&Ps had losses two years in a row. So the, the likelihood of us having wow. a down year are actually, from a probability standpoint, pretty low. And, uh, you know, I, I predicted this first quarter to be a little bumpy, but I think we're going to have a good year. Say, say that one more time, Ryan. What's that stat again? Only four times in the whole history of the stock market has the S&P had two negative years in a row. So out of all those years, it's only happened four times. So when I look at that, the probability of us having another down year in the market is very, very low. Yeah, minimal. Impressive. Um, well, that's good perspective to kind of begin this year out with. 
If you've got questions about anything we talk about on the episode today, maybe it's something that's happened in your portfolio recently, or you've got questions about financial and retirement planning, or anything else on that horizon, you can call or text Ryan anytime at 843-475-3038 or visit retirepilots.com for lots of great information, resources, and to get your own retirement toolkit It's all at retirepilots.com, and we'll put all that contact info in the description of today's show so you can find it very easily. Well, Ryan, shall we jump into talking about the SECURE Act 2.0? I guess we have to talk about some financial stuff. (laughs) Yeah, sure, Walter. We'll stay on track. If the Bengals had won, I'm sure we'd still be talking football at this point and Super Bowl and things like that, but we might as well steer it to the SECURE Act to distract you a little bit from the the pain of the Bengals' loss. Yeah, let's talk about the SECURE Act, and then we're also going to talk about airline negotiations and what's going on in the industry, because it is some very exciting times right now. Okay, perfect. Let's definitely hit that on today's show as well. Uh, Well, after being discussed in Congress for nearly a year and a half, SECURE Act 2.0 did indeed pass in January. And so on today's episode, we're going to kind of talk about four ways that these new changes might impact you. We're going to cover at least four ways on the show today. Now, people may remember Ryan's SECURE Act, the original one, is what passed, what, right at the end of 2019, I want to say? And that was supposed to be the big thing we were going to talk about all year in 2020. And, of course, we all know the pandemic happened instead, and that became the top sort of financial news item of the year. Uh, But now we're at the Secure Act 2.0 at the beginning of the year, so perhaps this is sort of the big financial news of the year. We shall see. But let's go through these four changes that might impact folks that listen to this show. First one is the RMD, those required minimum distributions. That age has been pushed back again, and it sounds like it won't be the last time either that it pushes back. Yeah, I'm starting to think for people our age, Walter, we might not have RMDs until 80, which is going to, you know, (laughs) affect retirement planning. But but let's let's talk about, we're going to talk about each one of these topics, but what exactly, when you hear SECURE Act, what do you think of? Like, what's SECURE? What what, What are we trying to secure here? Yeah, well, I, I I think of like securing finances, securing f- the future, maybe if you're if we're talking about a lot of retirement changes, then right, something along those lines. Yeah, and and what do you think? Like, what are the overall effects of us pushing the RMDs back? Like, what what in your opinion do you think the government's trying to accomplish right now? Well, that one that one confuses me, right? Because if, it seems like the RMDs are forcing you to take your money out so that they can get the tax money from those dollars. And we need more money into the system, right, to cover the deficit and those kinds of things. So you would think that they'd be pushing that date up earlier to make people withdraw money sooner so they can get the tax dollars faster. So that one strikes me as curious that they keep pushing it back further. What what am I missing? Well, and that's why I'm asking you these questions, because what I see when I see this SECURE Act and I see some of the things that are going on, I see nothing but government mismanagement of our tax dollars, so we have so many things working against each other right now. So for for a retirement income plan, yes, it could help us out by backing the RMD age up because we could allow our retirement investments to be tax deferred for a little bit longer. And so if we didn't need to take it out as income, we're not forced to, but it's pushing the tax revenue that the government wants back. And we all know they need no, they need money now. So it almost, obviously, they don't mind taking tax revenue on a bigger balance by pushing it back. But I I feel like with all the things going on, you know, with our national deficit continuing to grow, we're pushing RMDs back because we're worried about people's retirement dollars and whether they have enough. 
Social Security is underfunded. So it's like all these things working together and against each other aren't really accomplishing anything. I'm a little concerned. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because you can view this from two perspectives, right? Like, okay, so it seems like that's almost bad for the the tax considerations and, and the government, but for individuals, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like we're we're happy to not be forced to take money out that maybe we don't want to, um, you know, being able to kick that can down the road a little bit for someone who's retired, this may be a, a welcome change. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it does give us a little bit more control, but but be very clear on all of this. As pensions went away and we started having these new 401k plans that didn't come along until like the late 70s, so they haven't been here for a long, long time. It is a government tax uh, program where, you know, with pensions going away and then you have Social Security that's going to help people in retirement and 401ks for saving, they gave us a way to defer taxes on this money. But when you start looking at the balance of Roth and tax deferred or pre-tax retirement funds, they use it and tweak it as a government tax program. And what I mean by that is by controlling the RMDs, by controlling how much we can put in pre-tax or Roth, they're really controlling how much tax revenue they can have in given years because most people don't think about it this way, but you don't even know how much tax you're going to pay on that money. With the stroke of a pen, the government can take more. So depending on how the situation looks, we've de- we've agreed when we defer all these taxes, and I know I'm on my soapbox today, so I apologize. Hey, let it, let it rip. But we've agreed that, hey, somewhere down the, the road, we're going to pay the government the tax on this, this money, but we don't know what that percentage is. Do you see how crazy that is? Like, would you ever take out a loan at the bank and say, hey, I'm going to borrow all this money <laughs> and I'll pay you sometime later? But I don't even know what that percentage is. Mm, I don't think so. That's that. I, that's why I tend to stay away from adjustable rate mortgages on on the home. I'd like to know what I'm dealing with. Well, exactly. And and with the tax deferral of our 401k, that's what we're doing. We're we're in a partnership with the U.S. government, and we have no clue what percentage we're going to pay on that money. And I would argue to say it's only going to go up, and we don't even know what it is. I mean, it's it might be thirty percent. It might be it might be fifty. We're still at historic low tax rates right now. But I think we have a lot of problems that are going on, and it scares me. And I'm a big fan of Roth because I, I really believe in paying the government to go away because I think the problem is only going to get worse. Hey, if you're ready to have clarity and thrive in your retirement, you're in the right place. And I've got another resource for you to check out. Go to retirepilots.com and look right there on the homepage. You'll be able to click Get My Free Toolkit. What this is going to do is help you get for free Ryan's Retirement Toolkit. This is going to include his two books, The Pilot's Advisor and Pilot's Retire Early, revealing the nine critical decisions when retiring and the seven lessons to save your retirement. Not only does it include the books, but lots of other goodies packed into this free toolkit that'll be sent to you ASAP. It's a great starting place for any pilot to begin their retirement journey. Go to retirepilots.com. Secure Act 2.0 also changed this, special catch-up contributions. What's this all about? So every year when we look at how you can save your money, there's little changes and a lot of it has to do with inflation adjustments. So no different in your 401k this year, you can contribute up to $66,000 total. That's the IRS limit. 
A person that is under 50 can put in $22,500. And there's a catch-up provision where it continues to go and they keep bumping up the catch-up contribution. So where it was $6,500, now it's going to be $7,500. But, and here's where it's starting to get more and more complicated. For someone between 60 and 63, in the year 2025, they're going to be able to make $10,000 of catch-up. So the, the point behind the catch-up contributions is for those people that didn't get ahead of the game and didn't save enough going in, and now they're getting closer and closer to retirement, the government's trying to allow us to squeeze a little bit more dollars into that 401k plan. But it, this does change every year, so make sure that you talk with your advisor and make sure that you have uh, the right amount or try to max out what you're able to do um, for, your, for saving for retirement. Mm, very good. Uh, but but for the Secure Act 2.0, even though they're saying 6500 right now, they're saying the catch-up contributions are going to be 7500 for 2023. Um, and, and one thing I will add with this, Walter, the Secure Act 2.0 was passed, but we really don't know how this is all going to play out once it's actually done. It's no different than like they make all these tax changes, but then actually implementing them and seeing how it, it goes on the books and how it's going to affect your tax returns we don't really know yet. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's another one to kind of just keep an eye on a little bit there. Um, never a bad idea, though, when they're letting us save a little bit more, a, a little bit more dollars, but uh, the, some underlying motivations for sure. All right, what about the, the 529 uh, issue kind of made some headlines with Secure Act 2.0, and they're opening up this ability to take your 529 plan and transfer it to a Roth. Is that right? See, now this one is the one I think is the most interesting. I'm very leery of 529 plans because they're so restricted and I've seen people overfund them and then they're, you know, the kid goes into the service or they get a, a scholarship and that money's tied up. And yeah, of course, if you manage it correctly, you can pass it on to another child or a grandchild. But a lot of 529 plans are so restrictive that it's only for this state or that state. So you got to be very, very careful. So this is really exciting. But once again, in the implementation, I don't know how it's going to actually work. So what they're saying is there's some significant restrictions, but it's now possible to transfer funds from a 529 plan to a Roth IRA. So this would take away all the concern that I've had about flexibility and overfunding a 529 plan um, when you save money for your kid's college. There's no limits on a 529 plan, which is actually a lot of wealthy individuals use it to transfer wealth. But you can heavily fund a 529 plan for a child or grandchild when they're born and let it grow tax-free for 20-some years. And before, you'd end up having this huge balance, and if they got, you didn't know what to do with, and you might have overfunded it. Well, now they're saying that whatever you don't use in a 529, that you can make Roth contributions instead of having it pile up, so you can actually start transferring this to, to a Roth IRA. Now, what are the restrictions each year to put it into a Roth? how that's going to work. It's going to be interesting, but I, but I could see it as it being a great loophole and saving vehicle, depending on how that implementation goes. Because once again, the 529s after-tax dollars in a lot of cases, there's some that are tax deductible in some states, but it's after-tax dollars that's deferred all these years, and then now we're going to transfer it to a Roth. So I, this could be an opportunity. So that's definitely one you see a lot of folks maybe benefiting from here in the uh, you know throughout this year and, and into the future um, because wow yeah that's a problem that's been solved like government got something right here it sounds like well 
I don't know if the government got something right, but it's good for us. So, okay, gotcha. you know, I always wonder because I, you know, some people, oh, they're trying to help us. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, if there's, if there's one entity that I've ever been around that can really screw something up, it's the United States government. And I'm saying that after 22 years of service in the United States Air Force. So I think it could be very good for us, but I wonder what the underlying uh, goal is. Mm, good points across the board there. All right, so uh, definitely worth thinking about. If you've got questions about that for Ryan, don't forget, again, you can call or text him at 843-475-3038. Do you have that 529 plan that you think might be put to better use with that Roth transfer option? Explore that a little bit more with Ryan. You can also go to retirepilots.com, and we'll put Ryan's contact info in the show notes section of today's program. Last Secure Act 2.0 change to cover here, Ryan, were changes that were made to the company 401k match. Do you see this affecting a lot of pilots? I don't see this affecting a lot of pilots because we don't have big matches in our 401k plans. It's just a company contribution or a what we call a B fund contribution. And it's straight directed at how much money they make and then the company's going to put in a certain percentage. But it's still, I mean, it's another thing that where we the government realizes a lot of people are trying to pay down student loan debt and so if they make those normally you'd have to put that money in to get the match it's free money right so you got to put that money into your 401k and now they're saying you can put that money towards your student loan and then the company will still match you and get that that you know they they only do the match because they they get some government um, write-offs for it so i think this is a good thing overall but i don't it's not going to affect pilots much at all okay very good Well, there you have it. Some of the four ways that Secure Act 2.0 might impact uh, the average retiree or pre-retiree, but a few nuances there for what might impact pilots more versus uh, non-pilots. So helpful perspective there, Ryan. Now, you mentioned you had uh, some some pilot-specific things that you wanted to talk about here at the end of the show. Yeah, sure. And, you know, I think this might be a whole episode. However, and I don't mean to be so negative uh, today on today's show, but we have a lot of tax issues, a lot of tax planning issues. And so these these uh, changes and having the right mindset is going to drastically change your retirement. I think pilots are really, really good at saying, oh, I know I need to save for retirement. And, you know, the the accumulation phase is the easy part. We don't really think about how we're going to go into the distribution phase of retirement, how we can make sure we have money in the right pots so that the government's not one of our major beneficiaries. And so these are all topics that we try to handle at at the Pilots Advisor. And if you have questions about them, definitely reach out. Um, right now, in the airline industry, there's a big pilot shortage. And Walter, I know you have a family member that flies for Delta. Yep. Um, Delta just got a new agreement in principle that has major, major um, salary increases. But what it does is it set the bar for the rest of the airline industry with all these, because everyone's in negotiations right now. There's contract negotiations out for almost every airline. And there's Me Too clauses. And Delta just set the bar with their a- agreement in principle, which I'm hearing is definitely going to pass. And it's 30% pay increases across the board. Wow. Pretty nice to get little bumps like that. But then that can kind of really change the industry all across the board, right? Well, the the industry hasn't grown with inflation. So if you look at inflation, uh, if you were flying airplanes back in the '90s, you were your money, the salary you were making is you had way more buying power than you do, and it just hasn't kept up with inflation over the years. Um, so this is this is definitely a bump. That's pro, you know, life's all about supply and demand, right? And uh, 
if we're going to have more pilots come to the industry, we're going to have to increase the benefits. Um, however, just this morning I was watching and, uh, you know, so we have a lot of these bumps in what we're going to pay pilots. And I view it as, okay, these companies are going to take home less profit and they're going to pass it along to the people that are doing the work. Um, but then I saw just this morning that over the uh, last, I think it was four months, airline prices have, like ticket prices have increased 26%. So ticket prices are up and uh, not probably a coincidence that uh, the pilot uh, raises end up being kind of in a similar amount or similar fashion. It kind of yeah, sh well, shows that correlation very nicely of inflation, right? Well, that and also, you know, the, the, the companies could say, okay, I'm going to reduce my profits or let's just pass this along to the consumer. And I think the reality going forward, not only with uh, energy prices, I just think the reality is it's going to cost you a lot more, more money to travel. Yep, it's uh, it's unfortunate for the consumer, but um, works for the industry uh, to keep it rolling. But hopefully, it doesn't kind of snap back in the other direction. Um, interesting to watch those changes and developments. So yeah, and we'll talk about it a lot more because it definitely is an interesting yeah. time if you're in the airline industry. Um, and we'll talk about that some more. But I did want to get the Secure Act stuff out there and uh, talk about where we are so far uh, in, in uh, 2023. It can't be worse than 2022. Yeah, that's that. that's very true, and and you laid those stats out for us earlier, which were uh, fantastic to get some perspective on. So, a little bit of optimism there at the end, Ryan, despite the Bengals' loss and some you know cynicism coming through. You, you ended with a little optimism there at the end. So, congratulations on that. Well, well done. Yeah, and one other one <laughs> other tidbit, Walter, and I apologize for adding to the show, You're but good. I always tell my clients that I don't know if the next twenty percent is going to be up or down because it's totally unpredictable. I don't know, and nobody knows. However, the next 100% is going to be up. And the reason why I know that is because it always is. If you look at the, how the stock market works, over time, it continues to go up. I say all that to put this in perspective. The market was down more than 20% in 2022. And as the market decreases and goes down, the expected future return does what? It actually goes up. So we're already down 20 plus percent. So going forward, you can expect there to be uh, future returns should be going up. Very good. Thank you for all of the information on the show today, Ryan. Again, if you've got questions for Ryan and want to talk to him a little bit more about what's on your mind, whether it be about retirement planning, investing, uh, maybe something going on with your you know company plans that you have specific questions about, Ryan is well-versed in all of those different areas. He, after all, is the pilot's advisor uh, based out of St. Louis, but working with clients really worldwide and uh, can talk to you anytime. Call or text 843-475-3038 or go online to retirepilots.com and lots of information for you there as well. We've got links and contact information uh, put in the description of today's show, so find all of that there. Ryan, thanks for the help this week. Hope your voice feels better soon, and uh, we'll talk to you again in just a bit. Lots of ice storms out there this week. Everyone fly safe. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.